Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Well, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, uh, a new show. Uh, it's been a minute, uh, but I am excited today. I have a, a, a unique personality with me. I mean, the reason I say unique personality is because uh, uh, it's of the background of this particular, you know, guest. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to tackle a very important, you know, topic today, which is self-limitation and also like achievement and how to, 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 to hack into some of the things. And, our guest today will be sharing with us some of the, the techniques and the, the the tools that he has used on his in own, own self. I mean, to, to overcome certain uh, challenges. And now uh, he's taking those on the road. Now I, I talk right now on the third party, you know, on the third person here level. I haven't introduced the guest yet. So so with me today I have John Davis, uh, a stuntman, a fight director, uh, a comedian, a college professor. And also a, uh, a keynote speaker and uh, someone that takes it on the road, been around the world, done over a thousand shows. Um, and uh, today he's going to share with us his own experience and his own uh, background and why it all, you know, uh, start, how it all started and what took him to this, this point today of his life. John, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share some, some really good uh uh, information today to help people get out of their head and onto their successes. Well, listen, it, it is a privilege and, and and a real honor to have you on the show here. And, you know, first question that I think everybody would want to know, and I, I want to know is, is the story, you know, that, that really drove your, you know, uh, that inspired you to, to do this. What was that story? And I know a little bit about it. I read about it. So, so tell us more about that. All right. So when I was a when I was a kid, I was the kid who who grew up in the woods behind my house with a stick in my hand because it was a sword, and I was playing Robin Hood and jumping from trees and swinging from ropes and doing all that crazy thing. And that kind of manifested into me wanting to become a stuntman at a very young age and and do sword fights for a living. That was one of my biggest goals, and. I started working my way in that direction and ended up going to a Renaissance festival there in Maryland and ended up um, meeting two top fight directors, Payson Burton, Brad Waller, two of the top fight directors in the country. And um, they were just amazingly um, supportive and ended up seeing talent in me and offering me their training for free. And so I ended up getting a lot of training from those guys and, then it was really driving towards that stuntman job. I was really going that direction. Started taking martial arts. I was taking Taekwondo and working towards my black belt and, and uh, really was a really fit physical condition. And back in those days, I had long Fabio hair 
<laughs> which I, I no longer have, but this isn't a bald head, man. This is a solar panel for a love machine. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, but the other thing that happened was at 22 years old, a friend of mine said, Hey, can you come help me unload my van? So I drove out to his house. Now he was a professional potter. He made beautiful pottery and his van was full of 80 pound boxes of clay. And I climbed up in that van and that first box of clay that I picked up. Now, to me, I was thinking to myself, I was really much into my fitness at that time. I was very much into the idea that I'll get any workout I can get. And 80 pound, a van full of 80 pound boxes of clay was like, all right, it's a good workout. I'm going to go work out, right? So I picked up that first box of clay and I turned to set that box out of that van and my spine split in two. Oh, let me, let me say that again. My spine split in two. My upper spine snapped off of my lower spine and I collapsed and was rushed to the hospital paralyzed. Doctors told me that I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, to which I promptly responded, Gesundheit, because <laughs> I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, but basically what it meant was I had three vertebrae that never formed properly at birth. And with the extra 80 pounds of weight and the twisting action, I broke my spine in half. Um, now here I was lying in a hospital bed with dreams of being a stuntman or a fight director and doing fight choreography for the rest of my life. And the doctor told me, number one, they weren't sure I was ever going to regain mobility of my legs or be ever be able to walk again. His next words were, and even if you do, you'll never be able to do, have a physical career. So if you want to be that stuntman or that fight director, you need to rethink that, that position because you'll never do that. And I went to some very deep and dark places after that comment, because I, my whole life up to that point was building to that future. And what happened was um, a friend of mine gave me a book and the book was perfectly timed. Although when, when you look back at it, it kind of looks like a cruel joke, but it was the perfect thing that could have happened. He gave me a book called the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. And Yes. What I didn't know then, but I know now, when, when Bruce wrote that book, he was lying in a hospital bed in traction and had just been told he'll never do martial arts again. Yep. And so as I read that book, I realized this book was not as much about martial arts as it was about the philosophy of martial arts. And I started seeing inside of it a, a concept of mental flexibility. And I started seeing inside of it the, the, the concept of staying very present and leveraging your present moment. And I started really getting deep into the concepts and what they meant for me. And I realized that I was the only one who could choose my, my beliefs and my present moment concepts. And what the doctor was doing was giving me his beliefs. And so I had to change my outlook and say, he, I'm not going to live what he wants me to live or what he believes I'm going to live. I'm going to live what I am going to live. And so what I started doing was sort of leveraging my present moment. Day one, I started flexing my upper back muscles. Slowly, I brought the muscles down my back. By day 20, I was moving my hips, which is below the injury. The doctors were blown away. Couldn't believe it. By day 30, I was sitting on the edge of the bed. And by six months, I was able to walk, walk around in life. Um, at, a, at a year, I was back to what I would consider a very normal health condition. Uh, but I wasn't back to full rock hard masculine self yet. Um, but at a year and six months, I gave myself a gift 
And the gift was to climb up on top of a three-story tower and jump off and jump off into a fall pad. I since went on to do over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan. I've climbed Mount Sinai. I've been on top of Machu Picchu. I've been in the pyramids of Giza. I have, I have traveled all over the world. I have done amazing athletic things. I got my black belt. I worked with movie stars in films on doing fight stuff. And I, I literally have gone on and lived the life of the action hero. Then what happened next was I, my comedy show, Hack and Slash, Hack and Slash Comedy Sword Fighting Stunt Show, was very popular, got all, got all over the world. Um, like I said, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. But I realized that I was enjoying the time after the show more than I was enjoying the time on the show. And, and what was happening after the show was I was using what I had deciphered and learned and what I eventually found out to be what I call the five Fs. Um, that I was able to use those to help people achieve their own goals and get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I wanted to find some way of taking this new passion of helping people get out of their, their self-limiting beliefs and achieve more. But I also wanted to do whips and nunchucks and cool stuff. So I created the corporate action hero, this keynote speaker who goes in to corporations, awakens the interaction hero in their teams, gets them through adversity, change, and self-limiting belief, and gets them uh, shortening learning curves, increasing productivity, and reaching achievements faster. And that's, that's what I do now. I travel all over the world doing that for corporations and, and, and called back all the time. The, the year before COVID, I traveled over 200 days that year speaking. And, uh, and now I, I love what I do. It's, it's a passion. I still get to do cool things with whips and nunchucks and stuff like that. But I also get to see the results of, of my own experiences in other people's lives. Well, I, I am literally stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little trying to absorb all this. I mean, you know, that's a pretty deep, you know, uh, introduction here and uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. And I think we're going to break it down a little bit uh, and, and just dissect a little bit, you know, one piece at a time. So, so first of all, what a story. I mean, the, the, just the concept of going through that in an early age where you felt that, that you're invincible. We all feel at that age that we can carry the world, right? We can do everything that we can. And, and something that you would not even expect, you know, you pick up a, you know, a box and, you snap and you fall and you, 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 you can't walk. And then you get that news that this is over. The life is done. I mean, now most people can probably be paralyzed mentally as well. And then that's the end of it. And they're not going to take, you know, they, they get suicidal, they get other things, which, you know, um, that could be an adverse reaction. And ultimately the, the, the worst part of, of, of how someone can be dealing with that injury type. But then you took the flip side, resilience and will power to make, change and to make it work and i did that's a talking about the book well you're right it was cruel but that is the book that he did it that was the same scenario for someone that martial arts was it and and because of that he brought a book that everybody's using today there's a whole system based on that right and bruce lee is bruce lee i mean we can't we can't go <laughs> yeah yeah you can't go any better than bruce lee really if you think about it <laughs> well here's the thing it's funny because you know it's funny like every show almost every show now i'm i'm having discussions and i discovered that the guests have martial arts background which mm. by the way, i shared that as well and so I, I really relate to that well enough and i understand it and and you're right you know you get an, an injury and and 
sometimes it's the end of the world. The body is resilient. The body can actually heal itself to a degree. I mean, obviously, there's certain things that potentially can be finalized or, you know, terminal. But, but the idea is that as long as the mind is willing and as long as you do what it takes, and I've had several, you know, guests literally talking about their experiences with different health conditions and that they've overcome. And they're actually at, at, at the highest peak of their, their, their physical aspect and, and everything and mental state. So, so, so really it is, is a, is a phenomenal um, story here that you've overcome that. And not only that, and that inspired you to be who you are today and taking it on the road for many, many, many years until thousands of people all over the world. Now, you mentioned very few words that, that probably that, that we have to isolate. <laughs> the first one is, Comedy stunt man, right? Is that what it is? Comedy stunt man. Comedy sword fighting stunt man. Yes. Sword fighting stunt man. Now, now, I, you know, if I'm, I mean, I'm just visualizing. So, so, is, are we really doing sword fighting with with the comedy? Is that a show with with some sword, you know, exchange? <laughs> I, I put together a show called Hack and Slash. It was based in um, a Elizabethan comedy style called Commedia dell'arte. And basically what it, for, for anyone who doesn't know what that means, I did a lot of Renaissance festivals all over the country. And for those of you who don't know what Renaissance festivals are, that basically means that I was wearing tights and living in the woods. But uh, <laughs> other than that, um, I did a comedy show called Hack and Slash. It was based upon the concept that Sir Nigel Hack was a, a knight who had been hitting the head in the cannonball, sees everything six inches to the left. And his squire was making, getting rich, making him look good, basically. And so we had a whole show based around that. We did sword fights and rolls over each other's backs and jumps off the of staircases and, you know, big, crazy, fun stuff, right? Beds of nails. And um, we did that for many, many, many years. And um, that what eventually happened was the, the Pentagon, some guys from the Pentagon saw us just before, just before 9-11 and asked if, if we wanted to do USO shows. And we ended up going from 2001 to 2006, we went to the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan in tights, mind you. <laughs> and, I don't even imagine. But we had a lot of cheers there. <laughs> a lot of fun. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, my biggest fear of being in Iraq and Afghanistan during the war was not getting shot at, which happened, and not getting RPGs you know, launched in our direction, which happened. My biggest fear was, you know, walking into an Iraqi city wearing tights. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I don't think it would have gone over well. <laughs> Other than that, it was great. The comedy sword fighting show was 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 the mainstay of my career, and it was it was the achievement that you know I did over four thousand live comedy sword fighting stunt shows, and that's all hack and slash, and those were the achievement that happened after the back injury. Wow, well that that's pretty. Listen, it's pretty interesting because because you took a it's an idea that you've grown with actually, and and you took it to that that that's in itself it's inspiration because here's a thought that you've grown with when you were a kid, and despite all the the the, the overwhelming scenario that you had to go through, you were able to get back, and still never gave up on your dream, and not only that you expanded it to the level where it became international and and worldwide and. And, you know, years of, of it out there with thousands of, you know, spectators and people enjoying the show. And that's in itself, you know, I, I always say you have a dream, you have an idea, pursue it. And, and nothing can stop you except you. You're the only limitation that you have. I mean, 
at the end of the day, that's that's how I see it. And and, and you've proven it. I mean, you've done it. And many people I've I've talked to have done similar, uh, you know, achievements in their lives and 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 made them work. So so, stuntman, now you you were young. You had the issue. You got back, and you did go to to stunt. You said you became you know more uh, in in Hollywood concept. I guess was it Hollywood or just movie? I I did mainly live stunt shows, but I did do some Hollywood stuff as well. Um, and the main difference is in, in Hollywood, you learn a stunt, you train for a stunt, you do a stunt, it's over. Live stunt shows, you learn a stunt, you train for a stunt, and then you perform it three or four times a day for a season. Uh, so you're actually, you're a live stunt, sh- stunt people actually do the stunt many, 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 many more times than a Hollywood stuntman. Not to, not to in any way negate a stunt. Any stunt can go bad. At any given time, but it literally there's a different there's a different mentality to it. Um, there, there seems to be a lot more um, built-in safeties for people who have to continually do it. Well, I, listen. Otherwise, I mean, you know, a risk is, is always high, so you have to. And and you're right. I mean, when you do it for just a scene and you prep for it, I mean, it's all staged nicely, and there's there's a lesser, I guess impact or, or risk but the, the risk is always going to be there i mean we hear about stories all the time <clears throat> but i mean it's it's an it's a science now i mean it's there's this whole you know, world of, of stunt work you know so it's not a it's not a just something that is new uh right. to your point is and with the cgi with all stuff there's a lot of measures that they can use to keep you know the stunt still looking good and and stays right <laughs> so right right but but i mean that is an ex- extreme and i'm sure you also did uh Fight director, right? So you were directing fight scenes and stuff like that? I direct fights for film and for stage, a lot of stage. My expertise is is in a lot of uh, various skill sets. I'm an expert in Elizabethan sword play. I'm an expert in medieval sword play. I'm, a, I'm an expert in bullwhips, nunchucks, gun spinning, um, <laughs> so many more things. Oh, so have, I have a and you're gonna have to do a demo one one day one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a mass a mass amount of skill. But as a fight director, that's your job is to have a palette to work from. Mm-hmm. And so, like um, one of the things that I do is in my corporate action hero speech, when I go out, I've learned how to effectively communicate in such a way that I can teach a skill really quickly and I can actually hack their fight or flight response during the during the learning curve and get them to learn something ridiculously fast. And I'll give you an example. I, in my main corporate speech, I do multiple corporate speech, and I talk about leadership and teamwork and all that. But my main corporate action hero speech, which is the one that awakens that interaction hero, the last thing I do is I pick the most timid person I can find in my audience. I bring them to the stage. First fear they have is they're in front of the audience, right? So I, I, I immediately stop them from having the fear by having the audience call them rock stars, right? And I, basically what happens is by, in, by leveraging their fear, by, by managing their fear, leveraging their present moment, in five minutes time, they learn to crack a bullwhip and take targets out of my hand with it. Wow. Under f- five minutes. You just bring it up. It's, it's, it up. it's in there somewhere, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you if, let, let's start look at it this way, you you said something earlier which I thought was really perfect. You said, you know, what you think, what you think about what you think. It's not what somebody else thinks. It's what you think about your experience. That's creative, right? 
Buddha says, what you think you become, you create your world. Krishna said, you are the culmination of your thought. Um, Jesus said, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But Moses said, God's name is I am. I am is just a present moment thought. He didn't say I will be or I was, right? <laughs> and even the word amen is, is, means so be it. It means right here. I, I believe right here, right now it's done. So your present moment thought about your experience is what is creating your experience. And so if you believe that you can't or believe that you can, you're right. That's what Henry Ford said. You know, whether you believe, think you can or think you can't, you're right. Your thought process about you in your present moment is what's creating your next moment. And for me, in, in my experiences, I could, like, for instance, lying in that bed, I could not take the belief of the doctor. Because if I took the belief of the doctor, I'd still be lying in that bed or at least be in a chair somewhere, right? Sure. Instead, I took my belief. My belief was not that I'm done. My belief was I'm going to be a stuntman. I'm, I'm becoming a fight director. You know, notice I'm not saying I, I want to be, I need to be, I hope to be, or try to be, because those are words I don't use anymore because none of them are active in your present moment. Trying is not you, doing. Right, right. Yoda said it best, you know, mm, do or do not, there is no try, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> that idea of do or do not, there is no try. I don't believe it, like the affirmations. You know, if you're, you're in health, you talk about health. If, I, if I'm a hundred pounds overweight, and I start using affirmations, they, they tell you that the affirmation you should use is I am a thin person. But I can stand here all day long and say I am a thin person and still not be able to see my shoes. Right? Because right? there's something blocking the view. Right? right. And the, the reality of it is I, I can't believe that, which means I can't think that. But if I can't think it, then I'm not creating it because, you know, you are what you think. And so, what I can do is in this moment say, I am eating healthy. I am walking an extra 10,000 steps today. I am, blah, blah, you know, do declare the things that you are doing that are in alignment with your outcome. The thing that I find most troubling for most people is they sit in their present moment and they think they have to get to this goal that they've set. And that's not the way the brain works. The brain works in a very unique way. The brain only lives in one moment. It only lives in your conscious present moment. It's the only moment that you can actively think, do, and say, you know, thought, word, and deed. It's the only moment that you have that you can do that. Your past is just a collection of present moment memories that give you a subconscious belief. And your future is just a place where you set goals for your next present moment. And the way those goals finally come into your life is when they surround your present moment. You're going to experience them in your present moment. So the reality of it is you don't have to get to it. It's coming to you depending on what you do in this moment. So you've got to take this moment in total alignment with what the goal is. You know, when I was lying in that bed, my, my alignment with that goal was I am going to be a stuntman. I didn't sit there and pine for being a stuntman. I just did the things in alignment with becoming a stuntman. And I became a stuntman in just over a year from being paralyzed. And so your mind is the creative process. If you want to look at it from a, from a noetic science point of view, you know, Einstein tells us flat out that everything that you see and witness in your life is nothing but pure energy. You know, even your hand, 
And the air between me and this camera is nothing but pure energy. There's no physical matter there because matter itself is an energy event, according to Einstein, right? Now, noetic science has discovered that if we focused our thought, we can measure thought waves. They also discovered that if we can focus our thought at a very specific point, something is happening at that point. Well, we don't know what it is, but the most intriguing thing is not that something is happening at that point, but nothing is happening past that point. So our thought is focused to a specific point. So our thought processes are creative. And so you can have anything in, in, that you want in your life. You can have anything you want if your mind is in play. For me, I, my goal was to be a stuntman, right? So I put the thought only on that and my thoughts took me there. Here's the other thing I said. The past, as I said, is a collection of present moment memories. But your subconscious mind has two jobs. The first job is to collect those subconscious memories and give you subconscious belief. The second one is to show you what you're focusing on. And when you focus on anything, what happens is your subconscious mind shows you how to get it. And I'll give you an example. Have you, uh, you, is there a certain kind of car that you like? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Is there one in particular that you really, you know, that you see on the road that you like? Oh, Ferrari would be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you see them in magazines and stuff all the time? Yeah. yeah. I love them. I mean, toy cars, but. <laughs> right. But you, you saw, you spot them all the time, don't you? Yeah, you do. When you, yeah. see, when you see them, when you start thinking about them, you start seeing the cars that you want. Right, right. When you think about, when you consciously focus on something, your subconscious mind will start showing it to you. And, we, and that goes with as simple as positive or negative. You get focused on positive, it's going to show you positive. You get focused on negative, it's going to show you negative. You get focused on failure, it's going to show you failure. You get focused on success, it's going to show you success. So the more you can get it, you know, there's this whole big movement right now with the law of attraction and all that. And that's, that basically is what I'm telling you right now, but marketed differently, marketed to a woo-woo audience, right? What I'm telling you is your subconscious mind will show you the pathway if you can, you know, look at it from a positive perspective, right? And so to me, it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing is the way our brain works is very much in present moment status, to get out of that bed, I had to stay very present moment and, and really move forward. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got off on a tangent. <laughs> no, 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 you know, I, I, it's funny. As you speak, uh, you, I was literally asking the question, are you in my mind right now? And now I'm like, <laughs> let me explain. All the stuff that you mentioned, it's, it's so funny that you're talking about energy and synergy and, and just, you know, mind over body and all that. But a lot of the, the concept you just mentioned, I mean, literally a day ago, two days ago, I posted TikToks and, and also on my Facebook, you know, on the channel about positivity, about now is the time, about all that. It's almost like, you know, this is like all meant to be. It's the timing. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like when you talk about talking about energy, you're right. The whole universe, I mean, in the world of physics, I mean, it's very simple. We're talking about, you know, atoms and, and, and protons and electrons. And when you talk about it, it's all energy and the whole universe is made the same. And yeah, so some people may not relate to that concept of energy and physical and all that and, and put it all together. But you're right. You mentioned about the concept of cars. We, I've had these discussions so many times where you think of a car or like when you're looking for a car to buy a car, you start seeing a lot of them on the road. I'm like, what? Right. 
before that, you never seen the car before. Like you don't even pay attention to it. Now all of a sudden, you have Toyotas all over. You know, you have right. you know, Porsches all over. You have Caddies all over. Whatever car you think about. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's Jeeps. I see Jeeps everywhere. But, but I'm saying, but really, this is this is true. It's it's the mind is so powerful that we and again we always say this we don't even use you know a, a small percentage of our mind capabilities and, and that's fact you know it is it is and and we're just scratching the surface with <laughs> i completely agree completely agree well john you know i am so i mean really really excited i mean this this whole part of the show right now all this the content that you've given to me and obviously to the audiences and the listeners is really powerful stuff and it's it's amazing you've achieved the goals you've determined you know you were determined and you delivered to yourself and you did it in a way now what would you tell our audiences what would be the formula to maximize our potential one also you mentioned something about the five f's right and we, we talked about just the name the five f's of achievement but what would those be so okay. can, you, can you elaborate on those well, the, your two questions are great because they're the same answer, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, fi- <laughs> the five F's are the system. They're the system that I learned and that I that I discovered more 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 so discovered because I, I was a system that I created after coming through my process and also working with the soldiers on the front line and stunt people in Hollywood, seeing how they achieved more. So let's talk about what the five F's are and go through them. Um, First of the five F's is fearlessness, fear, being fearless. Now, before you can talk about fearlessness, you need to talk about what fear is. For me, fear is, um, is an interesting animal because when I ask audiences all over the world what fear is, they tell me, uh, that, well, first of all, they go quiet. They don't say anything. They usually don't have an answer. And then I'll, then I'll hear somebody in the back of the room say, false evidence appearing real. You know, and I'll, and which is the, the standard answer you get. Um, however, I don't buy that answer because when you look at fear scientifically, fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. Fear is simply negatively focused on certainty because if you're in fear, that, that means that that event is impending. It's not happening at the moment because if it's happening in the moment, you're out of fear and you're into adrenaline and doing something else, right? So fear is something that's, that's impending. So the first thing you have to do is the, the fear itself comes with a natural response. And do, do you ever watch National Geographic shows on TV? They're intense. Okay. <laughs> and there's always that doomed gazelle. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, she's, she's the target. <laughs> yeah, out there eating that grass. And then all of a sudden the, the lion hits the field. And the first thing that uh, gazelle does is go <gasps> and gasp for air. Well, so gasp for air. Now, every person, every animal in the world, including people, uh, have that same exact physical response. If you're a parent and you've seen your kid almost get hurt, I promise you, you have gone. <gasps> and I, you know, if you're a person who likes horror movies and you, and there's a jump scare, I promise you've gone. <gasps> you've done that exact same response. Well, most people, when they're in fear, fear don't believe they can breathe. And the reason they don't believe they can breathe is not because they can't get air, is, is that their body is conserving air. Their lungs are filled to capacity. And the reason their lungs are filled to capacity is because their body is in survival mode 
which makes them have enough air to run further and faster. Actors in Hollywood are literally trained, and on Broadway as well, literally trained that if they forget their lines, they're trained to exhale, relax all their muscles, and it shuts off the fear response and turns the cognitive brain back on. And all their lines rush right back into their head. And that is, a, that is a, the natural way to break past the fear is to, first of all, don't put yourself in fear, label it as a fear so that it's external, then realize that it's you focused on a negative outcome and then exhale and let your brain start thinking about solutions rather than problems, right? So now you're going to do a different element. So that's fearlessness. When I saw on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, I asked the soldiers, I said, when you go into stressful situations, how can you go into that situation and know full well that you're going to come out okay, you know, without being afraid of going into it? And they say, well, one of the ways we do that is because it's easy because we have an objective. We have a goal. We have something to focus on. See, they're fearlessly focused. They're focusing on an outcome. Now, they're focused on a positive outcome. They're not focused on a negative outcome. They're not focused on that, that negative. Do you know negative people in your, life, in your world? Actually, I try not to. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you try not to, so which means you've known some. There's always some. <laughs> right, right, right. You Listen, ever notice that the, those people, positive, but but you know, some people are the, always negative. <laughs> and and those people always have something to be negative about, don't they? So that's all they can think about. You tell them a situation, they'll tell you everything that's bad happening. Yeah. So they're focused on negative. So their their subconscious mind is showing them negative. And so that you know, that's why they do that. So what you focus, we talked about being focused earlier on the concept of positive and negative. Same thing here. Focus on on the goal, the objective with a positive outcome. So the second you, you take it out of positive outcome, you're back in fear, right? So you, you wanna fearlessly focus, they focus positively. The middle one's the tough one. And it, well, it's, it's not the tough one, it's, it's the core element of it all. It's faith, belief, confidence. Now, whether you get your faith in a spiritual way through religion or, or that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's, it's, it's self-empowerment, it's, it's belief in self, confidence. You know, you have to believe you can achieve something because if you don't believe it, if you don't have the, the confidence that you can believe it, that's because you're afraid of something. You'll notice how, as I'm going through this, I keep going back to fear because fear is the one, the one motivating thing that stops us. You know, in, in Sufism, they talk about God being on one side of a veil and us being on one side of a veil. And the veil itself is fear. Right. So you, you have to, you have to literally go through that fear process. So that, that fear is what keeps us separate from that other side in their, in their belief. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got fearlessly focused with faith. The next one is follow through. And that is the hard one. Right. And here's, now I'm going to jump it back to number one again. If you're not taking an action, what are you afraid of? What's the fear? You see how it goes back to fear again. Right. So fearlessly focus with faith and follow through. You start doing these steps, your fear starts to abate naturally, right? Now, here's the next interesting thing, the last of the five Fs. <clears throat> we kind of talked about it already a little bit. Flexibility. Something is always going to come up that seems contrary to what you're trying to achieve. Something always does. But oh, as we said earlier, when you focus on something, which is number two, right? When you focus on something, your subconscious mind will show you the pathway. And so if you're truly focused on a positive outcome, 
and something comes up that seems contrary, it's your choice to choose whether it's going to stop you or whether it's something that needs to be addressed to get to your goal. And for me, something would come up and whatever came up would either have to be addressed, incorporated, or dismissed, right? Those are the three, the three choices, right? So something comes up and says, oh, well, I, this is not going to let me get there. I, I never think that way because that's, that's ending my present moment. That's ending my, my momentum, you know. I often tell the story about, you know, if you're in a restaurant and you order, you order the tiramisu, yeah. Hey, or, hey, waiter. Can, I love tiramisu. Right? <laughs> hey, 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 waiter. Can I have tiramisu? Right. And the waiter starts heading off to the kitchen and halfway to the kitchen, you yell off, Hey, I'll change my mind. Give me ice cream. He's going to bring you ice cream. You're not going to get tiramisu. You've got to keep with the tiramisu until you hold tiramisu in your hand. You got to keep with your goal until you hold your goal in your hand because your present moment is active and creative. And if you can take your present moment and keep it fearlessly focused with faith and take follow through actions that are on the way, when something comes up, then it's all staying in the same focus to the outcome. And so by fearlessly focusing with faith and following through with flexibility, you can end up achieving anything. I am, I am physical proof of it. Physical proof of it. I have, I have done more things that most people will do in 10 lifetimes. And, and that's not even remotely a joke. I've been I was telling a story before we went on the air about, you know, going into pyramids of Giza and, and going into, I would, I, the, the pyramid that I went into that I was, the story I was telling you was a pyramid called my doom, which is three hours out in the desert. Right. So I have done more than most people do in 10 lifetimes, but it's not because I'm, that's not to brag. It's just because I'm living my present moment, knowing that I'm just, I'm living an adventurous life and doing amazing things. And I believe those things. And because I believe those things, my subconscious mind shows me those things. And I, you know, they're all positive. Now I'll tell you an interesting thing. When I traveled through Egypt in the year 2000, I met so many amazingly wonderful people everywhere I went I was treated like an absolute prince you know and and I was you know meeting just the the Bedouins on on the Sinai Peninsula and the street people in uh, the street merchants in Cairo and meeting and everyone treated me like an absolute prince but here's the difference I treated like the, them like that first my focus was on putting out a positive experience right and i'll tell you how great i was treated when i finally went to mount sinai and climbed mount sinai um i got to the hotel and i met this amazing manager of the hotel and the first thing i said to him was i really love your country i'm really enjoying being here and he he loved hearing that and then he he we got into a great conversation well when you climb mount sinai you start climbing at one o'clock in the morning and you get to the the reason you start at one o'clock in the morning is because you get to the top at sunrise and you're now Perfect. on the top of Mount Sinai watching the sunrise, right? Amazing, right? Gorgeous. So climbing at, at one o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. Now, that's an hour and a half into my climb. I hear in the darkness on the side of Mount Sinai, I hear, John, John, which is kind of weird. 
to be on the side of Mount Sinai hearing your name in the darkness, right? (laughs) And the manager runs up to me, runs up to me. Now picture that. He's running up the mountain to give me his coat because he thought I'd be cold. That's, That's how I was treated in Egypt. Next day I came down from the mountain and I went to St. Catherine's Monastery, Byzantine Monastery at the base there. And I'm walking through there, and this guy walks over and says, hey, are you American? I said, yeah, I'm American. He says, me too. He says, have you been having problems since you've been here? I said, no. Everywhere I go, everybody's treating me like a prince. He says, everywhere I go, people want to fight me. Five minutes later, I wanted to kick the guy's butt. Now you know why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was a jerk, right? What you focus on, you get. If you focus on negative, if you focus on people not liking you, people are not going to like you, you know? And one of the best compliments I ever got from a fellow performer. He says, John, I, I, I watch shows. He says, and I see performers come on stage and they work for 10, 15 minutes to warm their audience up to like them. He says, but you walk on stage and they just love you. Why is that? How does that work? And I said, it's really simple. I walk on stage and I love them first. Right. I don't, I don't, I'm not, Asking for them to love me because that's coming. That's belief that, that I have to earn it. Well, it's energy. And we talked about you project the energy first. I mean, you walk in and, and that's already contagious and, and it, it it vibes back. I mean, literally it just sinks and it, it it just, you know, commutes back to you. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's actually a true fact. I experience it all the time myself. I mean, I am, I am also, uh, you know, uh, in in a similar light to you in terms of, of, of that energy level and that vibe. I always like, I'm always positive. I bring that. I'm always smiling and I go places. People always say that. Like, you're always smiling. It's like, well, I, it's better than frowning. <laughs> you know? mm, right. It's, right. You know, just, it's just like my face, but really I enjoy it. And I don't focus on negativity. You mentioned the concept of, of what happens if something, you know, comes and stops you. Like, well, there's, there's a bad outcome that, you, that comes in between you and your target. It's really just something, an obstacle. You can remove it. It should not stop you. Matter of fact, sometimes you use that as a learning lesson. And, and we talked about technology earlier. You know, uh, you get setbacks, you know, you work with them. You know, now you learn and, you know, you move on and then you still, that doesn't stop you. It makes you stronger and better at what you do. Nothing. Well, look, can- at, look, look at COVID-19. You know, my job as a keynote speaker is to go into small rooms with large numbers of people, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> COVID-19 for the speaking industry was like the Marvel blip, you know. <laughs> Half the speakers went away and all the work, right? <laughs> so suddenly it was like, you know, what are you going to do? Now, I could have easily done what a lot of speakers did and closed shop. You're no, right. what, what I did was up my video game. I built another studio in the other room where I could do whips and nunchucks, right? So I, I have like this studio that I'm in right now with all the lighting, my teleprompter and, and you know, the good, good microphone here and, you know, all this stuff. And, and in the other room, I've got another setup. I up my game. So now I'm doing virtual and live, right? And, you know, of course, during COVID, we couldn't do live. So I started doing a ton of virtuals. So what else can I do during this time? Okay, I have time. So why don't I start doing some marketing? I signed up for a, a, a website called Podmatch, right? Mm-hmm. In January. I've done over 70 podcast guestings since January because I stayed focused on my marketing, right? I, I literally have, have done, I just took every, it all as an opportunity. 
You know, I started working on online courses. I, I, I continued writing on my book. You know, when, now that at the, we're coming to the end of COVID now, and just so your listeners hear this, mm-hmm. we are at having the light at the end of the tunnel because in the speaking industry, I have had calls like crazy in the past three weeks booking live events. Oh, it, it's, so, it's coming back. It's, it's coming back, right? Yeah. So, but I'm coming out of this COVID thing because I was able to stay focused on a positive outcome. I now have live events, virtual events, online courses, and a book. So my, I now have all these, then the book's not done yet. And now there are the courses, but they're closed, right? But I now have all these things that are in play that are going to make my, my business profoundly more profitable than it was. So I could have looked at COVID as an adversity and stopped. Instead, I took it as an advantage of what, how can I grow? And I used it to grow. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm really digging the fact that, you know, I can do virtual events and not have to put on pants. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't visualize. It's not pretty. It's, yeah, it's, like, a, it, it, it's like a puppet show, only smaller. But that, that, that's a joke on the Zoom, right? You know, like throughout the COVID, everybody is like, you know, looking good on the top, but, you know, yeah. on the bottom, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It, it, it's you, you really hit on a, a very important piece of, of, of information here. COVID is a good experience. And, and we've after I, I had this discussion with previous guests, and I even had a show about staying positive in the time of pandemic. Uh, just, you know, to, to just to, the mindset, right? To change the mindset of people. And people are two, two options here. <laughs> we have huh. type one, which will, it's doom. Okay, it's a doomsday, doomsday rather, it's the end. The world is crumbling, oh my God. And there they are people like, well, it's happening. What can I do to make it, you know, the best out of it? And that's really what the change is. Again, it's how you see things and the mindset that you project. If you really, you're right. Some people collapsed and they, they stopped everything. The world ended for them because they just could not, you know, adjust fast enough. They don't adapt. In your case, they, they weren't flexible. They in were the five F. Exactly. By the way, <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, same thing. Our industry stopped, you know, in the health, you know, I, I, I had just started this, you know, about a few months before the COVID literally. And, you know, I'm like, we were starting to do shows out there, getting out and doing interviews and it stopped. It was like, okay, well, that didn't, that's not going to stop. Let's just get the studio set. I mean, I, I converted the whole, you know, set here, you know, made it available, got the Zoom going. And I, to your point, did all these, uh, these marketing things to get more, got the app running. It was already there. And that's it. You know, you connected with people. We had so many shows, so much stuff and fun stuff. The time went by, well, it was, it was a well productive time. And yes, today we're coming to the end, uh, you know, th- as you said, the end of the tunnel, the light of the tunnel is here and, and we're good. I mean, it's going to get better and better. And even in the industries now, everything's com- coming back to, to, to normalcy. Uh, cruises are coming back, uh, you know, restaurants are opening back up, you know, states are opening, masks are taken away, you know, life is going to get back. The question is what we did in this time of, of pandemic or crisis has, again, you've been to war, you know, literally to war state places. And that's, that's, if there's a tough place, that's what. <laughs> right, right. Well, well and th- think about this, you know, you know, COVID, anytime you have a big traumatic event like COVID-19 or war, right? Yeah. When you cut, co- when you come out the other side, it's never going to be a hundred percent the same. Of course. Right. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Cause you know, the, as I said, the year before COVID, I traveled 200 days 
I, it means I did not see my house for 200 days of a, of a year. Right? <laughs> now, I don't think the speaking industry is going to go back to 100% live again. I think that a lot of people have found they can do a virtual event. Mm-hmm. If you look at the speaking industry now, there's now two price structures. You know, you want me live? It's, a, you know, $5,000 more. You want me virtual? It's, you know, $5,000 less than live, right? So, so a lot of companies are going to now see the opportunity to get a, a pro speaker at a decent price virtually, you know? And so I'm, I'm personally hoping that I can knock my travel down to hundred days a year and do the rest of my events virtually because I enjoy doing it in my underwear. <laughs> right? I, en- I enjoy coming into a room like this and, you know, I know. Doing this kind of work, you know, it's fun. And I, I, you know, if I could continue doing that, then that, and I'm sure I will. I, uh, I have no doubt that I will. Well, you, you, again, flexibility, right? That's the, right. and you know, believe it or not, talking about subconscious, you've been into martial arts. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, one of the rules in martial arts, which is a very popular one, you know, you don't plan what the next move is going to be if you're in, in, in a struggle or a fight or, 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 or keep you, you know, in, in one of those, you know, uh, fighting, you know, modes, right? Mm-hmm. You, Take what's available to you. You adapt to the situation. You're in the street. You like I, I remember one time a professor said, uh, you know, give us your 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 fighting stance. And you know, people stand out like, you know, like literally like doing like a fighting move, right? But it was never that. He said, No, do you stand like that in a bus stop? Right, right. <laughs> bus stop, you're just sitting down or standing in the corner and someone comes and jumps you. You're gonna adapt to the situation and do what you have to do. You walk in the street, you see something going. Now you have to either engage or disengage. But the idea is you have to adapt, adaptability, flexibility. If and, and again, very easy, you know, concept. Metal, rigid items break. Flexible items don't. <laughs> you know, rubber doesn't malleable. Right, it moves. So, so all these concepts, while we see them around us, we use them around us sometimes without even consciously knowing that we're using them. But if we if we focus on them and just use them as tools in assets, I mean, we'll be a better place. And you're right. You know, there's a lot of potential of maximizing our potential. That's kind of weird how it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, there there's so many things we can do. Again, positivity, you know, the five Fs that you just mentioned. I mean, literally, all of those. Fear does not help. You know. Faith does help, you know, all these things, focus, you know, all these things are going to get you to, to, to the end of goal. And it's never the end. It's never the end. I mean, you finish a goal, there's another goal. You set another one, a new present. Now is the time to always, there's always now. And you just have to. I, 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 I'm glad you said that. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to give an analogy. Yeah. Um, so water in nature rushing down a hill, it's in a, in a fast moving stream. It, that water is full of oxygen and life. And it's very healthy water. That same water comes to the bottom of the hill and becomes a puddle. It becomes stagnant and bugs lay their eggs in it and it becomes poisonous, right? Life is about motion. And if you reach a goal and don't set another goal, you're going to stagnate. You know, oftentimes people talk to me about the word mastery. And I find mastery an interesting word because they, they think of mastery as stagnant because they think of it as I've learned everything and now I know everything. So I'm a master. Well, the interesting thing is there is no skill set in the world that isn't in motion. For instance, I do, I do nunchucks. I'm pretty good at them. I'm proud of the fact that I'm pretty good at it. Right. But every day I spend a couple of hours 
practicing with my nunchucks. And one of the reasons I do that is because it gives me a chance to experiment and to improvise and to try new things. A true master is someone who adds to the skill because if you become a master of something and don't continue to grow with the skill set itself, somebody's going to pass you and become the master because they're going to learn the new things and improvise and do things. So your job is to continue your growth you know, your entire life to keep going. You might, you, know, you might get to an age where you physically can't do something, but that doesn't mean your mind has to stop. You know, Bruce Lee wrote that book that was so impactful in my life when he could not do martial arts. He was in traction in a bed when he wrote that book. Mm-hmm. You know, that book has changed my life. It's still the number one selling martial arts book on earth today. Still the number one selling martial arts book. You know, and yeah, you, you want to talk about overcoming adversity. <clears throat> Bruce Lee, when he was in Hong Kong, he was, he was a movie star when he was seven. Most people don't know that. He, uh, he literally was doing uh, Chinese movies and he was playing the troublemaking kid. He started becoming the troublemaking kid in real life. His father decided he needed to get him focused, got him into martial arts. He started training with Ip Man, who started teaching him Kung Fu. Bruce found a passion for Kung Fu and decided that he wanted to be, he set a goal. His goal was to become the greatest martial artist in Hong Kong. And so to become the greatest martial artist in Hong Kong, he had to learn all the different styles of Kung Fu. So he started going around to all the different Kung Fu masters saying, hey, can you teach me your style? Well, he didn't have the money to pay them for the training and they all wanted to be paid. So they all said no. So rather than taking that moment and saying, I'm done, he said, well, what can I offer them? What momentum can I keep moving towards my goal? And he says, most people don't know this. Bruce Lee was also a championship cha-cha dancer. And so he went back to the Kung Fu masters and offered them all cha-cha lessons and they accepted. So Bruce Lee learned all those styles of Kung Fu teaching cha-cha, right? So then years later, he's at a cha-cha competition. He gets into a fight with a guy over a girl, ends up beating the guy up. And now the police are out looking for Bruce because the mafia leader put a price on his head and the police wanted to collect it. They're looking for him for that reason. So his father took him to the port and said, I'm going to send you to your sister who lives in America, get you out of here. And they go to the port and you find an American tourist vessel and say, hey, we want to send him across. And they said, we can't let him on the ship because he's a, he's a uh, Chinese citizen. And Bruce had two, two passports. His name was Bruce because he was born in San Francisco and his dad was on tour with the Chinese opera. So he had dual citizenship. So Bruce ended up getting on the ship and teaching cha-cha to the passengers all the way across to the United States, put himself in college for philosophy. While he was here, he said, well, I'm no longer in Hong Kong, so I'm going to be the greatest martial artist that ever lived. He changed, he upped his goal when adversity hit, right? So he got here and he said, okay. So he started, and I think you'll get this next part really well. So he says, uh, he says, okay, if I'm going to be the greatest martial artist that ever lived, I have to have the physical fitness of the greatest martial artist that ever lived because that's, that's the tool of the martial artist, right? So he started studying nutrition and he started looking into nutrition. And then he started looking that, well, to build muscle, I need protein. And he started going back and forth and he discovered that if he took powdered milk and egg and liver tablets and crushed them with vitamin pills crushed, he can make this thing that he called a protein shake. And he created this thing called a protein shake. 
So he started using these protein shakes. Then this young guy who was a bodybuilder in the scene named Steve Reeves, you've probably heard of Steve Reeves. He was Hercules in the 60s movies. Saw Bruce Lee using those protein shakes. He started using protein shakes. Rio Blair saw the protein shakes, said, hey, that's an industry. He started creating protein shakes as an industry. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys started using protein shakes, right? Protein shakes grew. Slim Fast comes out. That's all based on, on Bruce Lee <laughs> saying very clear in his mind about his goals and what he was going for, right? Bruce Lee also decided that to be the greatest martial artist, he had to work certain muscle groups that weren't being hit by free weights, which is what everyone usually was using at the time, simply free weights. So he started creating cable machines at his house, you know, pulley systems that would hit certain muscle groups in different ways. Well, you can find all those cable machines in every gym in the country right now because Bruce Lee stayed flexible during those times and just worked with what he was doing. He kept growing. So to me, it's fascinating that when adversity struck and things were not even invented, his momentum that he kept going, the drive that he kept going, created complete industries around well, his thought well there, there is that the, the state the segment the, the saying that says uh, uh necessity is mother of invention and 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 sometimes you know you find yourself an obstacle you find the solution or you if that solution is not available you can afford it you just create it you do it yourself and that's it i mean we talked about that's that's really the difference between you know success and not success is really you do whatever it takes to do it legally and compliantly but you do it you you find a way you know, there's always a way. Uh, in, 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 in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, I think there was a movie, and, and, and the, the, the quote in the movie was, um, there's a way out. There's always a way out of any, you know, type of grab. You get, you know, there's always a way out. You just have to figure it out. And, you know, there's always a solution. People come with problems, like 10 reasons why, 100 reasons why things cannot work. Just give me one reason why we can do it. <laughs> well, give right, me a reason. Right. Instead of thinking about 10 reasons why we can do this thing, 10 about, you know, it's funny. I was on, on a quick vacation about a month ago, and we went to Cape Canaveral, Kennedy Space Center. So we watched the, the, the whole uh, Apollo, you know, uh, uh, journey. Uh, again, we're not talking about the politics about it right now, but, but the concept is it took them 12 years to figure out how to get, you know, that, that, that Apollo ready and up and and they had this 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 film about five minutes film just an introduction but it was very nice then and it shows you like how how the idea is someone comes in well what about this and then that becomes the next idea for the apple what about this and then like there were solutions that came in from out of nowhere you know with with situations that they you know really uh came across during their phase of building this this rocket ship that's going to take them to the moon and so that's the whole idea. When you watch it, it's like, wow, it is amazing how one thing leads to the other, to the other, to the other. And the rest is history. And right. And, you know, it, Mars. <laughs> you know Edgar, Edgar Mitchell was an Apollo astronaut and coming back from an Apollo mission had a transcendental experience coming back to Earth and was so blown away by it. He said, I want to discover what this is scientifically. And he created noetic sciences, which is what we talked about earlier. Noetic science is, 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 came out of the Apollo missions. I mean, that concept that necessity is the mother of invention is very, very true. But there are also those people who, who like don't take the steps, don't do the follow through, you know, and if they took the follow through, they'd be amazed where they could go and what they could do. You know, when, when, and a lot of times our limiting beliefs will hold us to a point, you know, 
no one believed the four-minute mile could be broken until someone broke it. The interesting thing is when it broke, it, it was world news. What, what, what didn't make the world news is that three months after he broke it, three more people broke it because now they knew they could because yeah. it, was, it was thought that it couldn't be broken until somebody did. Well, that's another thing. I mean, you're looking at uh, athleticism, you know, like, you know, athletics, right? People, runners, every day there's a new world record. Well, every year there's a new world record. And, and the, the limit, I mean, the speed now, I mean, these humans, they go like beyond the speed that we can even comprehend sometimes, right? Ridiculous. But like, but, and, and the heights, even like those that jump high, I mean, like every time they're jumping higher, I mean, it's like, what gives? Are they super, you know, humans? No, they're humans, but it's just to keep pushing. You keep pushing. In, my, it, in, my, in my industry, uh, stunt work, mm -hmm. right? Parkour changed everything. Oh, yeah, it's big time. Parkour changed everything. There's a, a video called Jump London. I don't know if you ever heard of it or not. It was the first free-running sort of video that was out there, Pod, you know, parkour. And all the way through the thing, the guy who started the, the movement David. was doing all these amazing things, and they were training for him to do a three-story jump down to the – from the from – the, uh, on a battleship. He was jumping from the upper level of a battleship down to the main deck. And the stunt director was there trying to talk him out of it because they wouldn't let him put a pad down there. Right. Mm. But he, the guy said, I know I, it's all about manipulating the energy. And he did the jump. And when he hit the ground, instead of his legs breaking, he rolled through it and came out and ran to the front of the ship and stood up like Leonardo DiCaprio, right? <laughs> I'm king of the world, right? <laughs> um, but the stunt industry is like, how the heck they do that? He's doing superhuman things because he's manipulating en energy. Then you watch Captain America Winter Soldier, and you watch Captain America jump from one building to another building, and rather than just landing in a superhero landing, hits and rolls out of it and goes, just like the parkour guy did. Everything's changing. Everything's in motion all the time. Well, I mean, I yeah. don't think we know what we're capable of. I don't think it's possible to know what we're capable of. The humans are, I mean, again, if you think about us now, today, 2021, compared to 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and you can see, even if you watch clip, you know, movie clips from like then and now, and the level of, of just stunt, forget the, the, the technology and stuff. I mean, you can, even the acting, even the, the interactions, everything, it's, it's just, it's just, way up there i mean it's sophisticated you know to a degree that you know people then would not have thought about it you know like oh there's no way we could do this but we do well think think about how fast everything's going my grandmother my, my grandmother was born on the day the wright brothers first flew wow think about that my grandmother was born the day the wright brothers first flew we have robots on mars right now we have helicopters on Mars. <laughs> yeah, we have things on Mars right now, right? Yeah. But those two bicycle guys in a field in North Carolina flew for the first time in my grandmother's lifetime. Which is only a few years back when you think about it in terms of scheme. Ni 1903. Yeah, it's not a far back. I mean, it's it's really, mm -hmm. you know, I think there are people still living today. That, that actually, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, there definitely are. So, 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 and you're right, you know, the, the, the progress. Um, in Disney, they have this, uh, in Magic Kingdom, they have the carousel progress. 
which is a, a little like a, it's like a theater you get in you sit and it's a stage moving and there's like four or five stages but they show you like you know the from the the turn of the century the 1800 1900 into the, the 21st century and it just like five stuff and, they, and it, it just quickly you go through this thing is about 20 minutes show 25 minutes where you can see like the progress in in real you know value like you sit in front of it and you don't see it because we take it for granted we just mm. don't care but i mean look revolution computers i i remember in the 90s dial you know dial america when you have to to get that speed dial <laughs> you've got mm. mail and aol and all that like right know, right <laughs> the, modem, the modem noise and now it's like you know wi-fi and all this stuff and you know it, it's crazy i mean right right now i got like multiple screens in front of me a teleprompter lights and you know digital stuff this didn't happen you know 30 years ago i mean at least it was not at the technology that we have level i have a uh, a remote screen i'm literally wiping the screen to, to watch you <laughs> right right you right. know like, I, I i walk in from my car with my iphone working on something i open up my 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 computer my mac and i throw it to the to the computer yeah exactly I, I just keep working on the computer off you know it's it's amazing what's what's going on in the world right now what's driving that is you're right is the goals people are always setting additional goals higher goals how high can we go you know you know how high can we jump you know and that's really the concept and 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 taking bold action because you know apple didn't have a um business plan until they're 10 years in they just set a goal of competing against ibm and they just took bold actions for 10 years and we're suddenly like oh wow we're doing great we should do a plan for the future <laughs> 10 years in a decade in well you know what what i use this concept as well which is and and it's pretty common concept uh in terms of realm success i do also leadership trainings and things like the key here is you don't have to wait to have everything you gotta right. start start the big you gotta get out of that that, that start lane i mean that you gotta get into the mode you gotta get in motion once you're in motion just you, get started yep. get started you know, and then slowly but surely, upgrade. I mean, I have given the same example about this this station. It started with an idea, an app, boom, and it's getting bigger and bigger by the minute. And you know, the ultimate goal is to make it, you know, a, a media broadcast, you know, real, you know, stuff. But the idea is small. People laugh at me, like, well, really, you want to do this? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm why doing not? it. Whether you like it or not, I'm gonna keep doing it. And whatever it takes, it takes. I'm gonna just keep going at it. And that's it. And every day, I'm gonna keep upgrading and doing and learning. Hey. And that's it. And if you if you decide not to do it because they said it, you're living their life and not yours. Oh no, I, I that's not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just said you got every if uh, same thing with me. If I I could have lived the doctor's life or I could have lived mine, I live mine, right? You said earlier about flexibility. They wanted to put a pin on my back, but I told them no because I would not be able to do a high four or a roll because my back would be rigid at that point. So I, I mean, I'm sitting here today talking to you. I still have the condition, you know, I just, I work my back. I do, I work my muscles in my back. I do yoga. I do things to keep my back strong because my muscles hold my back in place. You know, I don't, nobody else is telling me how to do live my life. I live mine. Well, it, it is. And you're right. I mean, I had the guest, um, the uh, bucket list guy and, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've, if you've got to speak to him or, you know, you've, you've seen his shows, but awesome dude. And uh, it's really the same concept. You know, you got to live your life. You, and, and that's not just doing things that, you know, people are saying, let's do live your life. If you dream it, if you want it, go for it, pursue it, make it happen. And that's really, again, same concept that I've always like, again, I, I, I relate back to one of my 
get role models Walt Disney were in Walt Disney, right? To me, he was a visionary, and and I believe in his his concept. I mean, you believe it, you dream it, you can do it. Absolutely. You know, now, it might be difficult. Nobody says things can be easy, but you get it done. You know, and if not, you're gonna learn a way, or you're gonna create a way, invent a way if you have to. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. You're gonna make it happen. And everything we have today was was a solution to a problem that we had before. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly right. And I'll tell you what, one of the things I want to make sure that your audience gets today is I, I want to make sure they get the, my, my free gift. It's called the 5F workbook. Please. And when I say free, I mean free. You don't even have to give me an email address. It's just a place to go download it because today is about bringing value, not taking from you. Um, so go to corporateactionhero.com slash gift. And what it is, it's that 5F workbook. It takes you through your process of using the 5Fs to achieve your goals and break out of your, your limitations and move forward. Um, uh, while you're there, you're going to be on my website anyway. Check out my daily vlog. I put out a piece of daily motivation every day. And um, my Interaction Hero podcast is also on there as well. Uh, you can see all kinds of cool videos of people achieving amazing things. Um, I said earlier about the lady with the, the whip. If you watch my promo video on my homepage, you'll see, you'll see whips and nunchucks and people doing all kinds of crazy things in that video. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, but make sure you go get that book because that book is hugely impactful for, your, for people's lives if they put it into action. John, it is, it's been a pleasure. I, I really don't want to stop this conversation. I mean, we're coming to the end of the show here. And I, by the way, I will have the description uh, and the link on the, on, on this particular video uh, and the show. So whether it's on YouTube or on the feed uh, and also it will be on the website. So please check out the site, check out John Davis's, you know, uh, website. It's pretty cool stuff. You'll enjoy it. And of course uh, we'll stay in touch and, course your book when it comes out maybe we can talk about that as well yeah it, it look keep keep an eye out for it's, it's called uh be an action hero not a reaction zero oh i like that well <laughs> you are the corporate action hero so 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 we're that's right to that and uh you know um definitely definitely you know it was a true pleasure and um i i'm i'm psyched today i mean this this was a really good you know uh morning for me because i'm getting all that energy back you know like yeah you know and, and th this this discussion keeps you motivated i think when you hear positive you just yeah feel, i mean you really it's like ah i mean it's like i'm on fire right now <laughs> well and i want to i want to just i want to end with something you said and tie into it you said you were inspired by walt disney yes yeah, the, when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are, anything your heart desires will come to you. And I, I'm not even adding anything else with those words of wisdom, John. It's been real. It's a great, you know, it was a great time. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of the show. Uh, thank you so much for being on the IL channel, IL radio. Uh, it's been uh, impressive, inspirational. Uh, motivational i mean you know very uh, few words can describe it i mean we we have we have to have a whole book actually to describe you know the content here and really i mean it's it's the value of it you know it's and and i think everyone listening or watching uh should at least get some value from this and apply it in real life and you will see the results you will be the next success and if you are dreaming of something you can do it that being said Folks, thank you for watching the iHealth channel and listening to iHealth Radio, Hurricane H here. We'll talk to you at a different show, different time, different guests. Ciao for now. Bye-bye.